Spring of Life Fellowship and its pastor, Joaquin G. Molina, invites you to listen to a message of restoration and strengthening for your life. Be a part of the vision, changing the world. Our lives placed in the midst of changing times. In our lifetime, so many things has all, have already changed in the natural and there is a constant reality to our human existence is that everything is, is going to be different tomorrow. We will see in every realm of our lives, in our spiritual lives there will be changes, in our physical life there will be changes, in our family life there is going to be changes. And in all these changes, Lord, there's one constant, which is your faithfulness that the heavens and the earth will pass away, your words will not pass away. We could stand on your word and have confidence in the instruction you give us. Allow us to be your people in these times. Allow us to see change happening very fast. And we have placed our confidence not in our control and our personal stability but in yours Lord allow us to transfer over to the eternal Lord to those things that are permanent to those things that never change your character your spirit your word we ask you to prosper this word in the hearts of your people in Jesus name we pray amen if there's anything that we cha- uh, we hate as as people is change, um, you will see accusations constantly. You're not the same. And when I married you, you were different. And you know what I tell husbands that tell their wives like that? Nada. She's not that little naive little girl that was fooled into marrying you. And so, thank God she changed. And thank God now she's not a little girl. She's a mature woman. And the same thing with a man who changes over time. And so when I, when I one of the things that, that was really hard for me uh, growing up was seeing the transformation in our home um, and confronting realities that were too big for me. And one of the strongest parts uh, of the Bible that spoke to me in those early years of my Christian faith was Matthew chapter 7 and verse 24. And here you have two ways to live life. And Jesus is teaching this and he says, whoever is able to hear my words and does them, uh, applies them, lives according to the words of the Lord, I will compare him to a wise man who has built his house on the rock. And if there's a blessing about living life in stable certain times um, is that you're not going to be tossed to and fro. You're not going to be lost in the coming. Uh, but, but here he's not talking about a physical place as much as he's talking at a, as a spiritual haven. Because I say this, the tail does not wag the dog. Things could change, things could be different, but I'm unmoved and unfazed. Because I'm founded not on things. I'm not founded in circumstances. I'm not founded 
in things that are outside of my control, the Lord has taught me how to make a, and construct a life on those things that never change. And the peace of God is one of those things. It doesn't matter what you're going through. I've experienced the most horrific uh, situations. And the peace of God is sufficient to surpass all understanding in those times. Now, I've gone into a hospital where the man has days to breathe and to live and to be so blown away by the notice. I mean, I saw him as a healthy man raising his children and then being given the report, you don't have much to live, and then some months later uh, being on his last breath and going to the hospital and seeing the devastation of the news that his health had changed. And I said, you need to transfer over from the stress produced from the change, from the instability it has rocked your world, and, and go and make your refuge in the presence of God. And there you will obtain a peace. And we began to sing to the Lord, and the peace of God was there despite the circumstances. And the presence of, of God's confidence is there even in the midst of the storm. And so this is why the Lord allows us to be rocked and, and challenged so that we transfer, hopefully, we're, we're smart, we're, we're men led by the Spirit of God. We move in the direction of those things that are unchanging. And so change is a constant in our life. And he says, he who hears my words and does them, I will like him to a wise man compared to the man who built his house on the rock. When the rains descended, that's a change of atmosphere and climate. When the floods came, when the winds blew, we're talking about everything is beating on that house. It did not fall for it was on solid ground. And so those, and I, I don't know how to describe this other than men who do not like change, who do not want change, who find change as a threat and a challenge to their existence, um, and you can see it's a change of, of house, a change of, of business, a change of a friendship, uh, going into another level of maturity, another, another step of faith. All these things are constantly happen, but for the coward. He never wants to be challenged or threatened or presented with the opportunity or some different scenario. And so he says but in verse 26, everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not understand them, doesn't do them, does not comply, follow the command, will be like a foolish man who built his ha house on sand. He's not, he's not looking for the long scope of the realm. He's looking for the temporary now. He's, he's making, he's making uh, plans without change. This is not going to be different. And he says that um, he was like a foolish man building his house on temporary sand. And the rains descended and the changes came and the floods arose and the winds blew and they beat upon the house and it fell and great was its fall. And as Jesus was teaching these things, verse 28, the people were freaking out at his lessons and his teachings. Verse 29 for he taught from the perspective of one who had authority and not based on scribes. 
Many of the preachings and the teachings that are going on nowadays are only an inch thick. It's only a moment of time. You don't see Christians being prepared for, for tough times, for, for uncertain times. And so when they start experiencing a little uncertainty, you know, when, when, they, when they're expected to grow up to another season of ministry and challenge and relationship, when they're taken out of kindergarten in, per, in first grade, there's no more naps. There was naps in kindergarten. In first grade, now you're learning how to use the pencil. In, fir- in kindergarten, you're, you're painting outside the lines. In first grade, you need to color inside the lines. And, and you have to be governed and disciplined. And it's a total change. And, and men do not like change. In fact, Psalm 49 verse 11 says, Men think that they will last forever. They have put their hope on living for many generations, and they call their houses after their own name. And so this is in the heart of man. I'm lodged. I'm set. This is going to be for long term. I want to tell you ahead of time that it's not healthy for you not to expect a transformation of different aspects of our life in many realms. We'll get to that now. But not have the mindset uh, of being set in your ways for, for that is possibly the lowest form of living. And in Psalm 10, verse 3, he says, the wicked man, the man who doesn't understand, the, the fool, he boasts in his heart's desire. He, he goes around renouncing the Lord. Nothing's going to move me. Nothing is going to challenge me it says in verse 4 the wicked is proud in his own face he doesn't seek God God is in none of his thoughts verse 5 his ways are always prospering and his judgments are far above out of his sight for all his enemies sneer at him verse 6 he said in his heart say it with me I shall not be moved the guy's saying, you know something, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to change. This is going to be my reality. I'll never be moved. It doesn't matter what problems come. They're not going to move me. His mouth is full of cursing, deceit. Under his tongue is trouble and iniquity. And, and he's set on a constant course of being unmoved, unchanged, unfazed. He doesn't find it, uh, he doesn't find it necessary to walk in that direction. So, so many times when change is coming to our life, there's stress. I've, I've never heard of a man who gets a pink slip at a job saying, great, this is my opportunity for promotion. Never heard that in my life. And when they come to speak to me, that's exactly what I tell them. I say, get ready for another season in your life for the glory of God. Get ready for another plans that God has. And so many times our inability to want change holds us on to our past and we feel familiar with those things that, that do not challenge us to another level. And so uh, we stress out, fear grips our heart, panic comes in, we're all confused. And this is all the result of another season, of another challenge, of another time. And so, 
a healthy mindset in this world is knowing that we will go from glory to glory, from victory to victory, from triumph to triumph, and that is moving in a different realm. It's not just a one-time thing. All the results of change, leaving one season to the next, all created by circumstances. I remember early on when, when that first time came out, uh, they, they showed me you know, a pot like this one with a plant, and, and here I was, and the Lord wanted me to transfer me to a bigger pot, but I didn't want to leave the comforts of the pot I was in. And if you stay at that level, you'll be, uh, you'll be stagnant in your development. You'll be stagnant in your growth. The roots have gone as profound as they could go, and you'll only be the size of that circumstances you're in. God wants to put you in a bigger pot. And that transfer causes for much stress. And so um, if you're going to walk with God, you're going to need to expect that there's going to be that next level. Joyce Meyer says, another level, another devil. Another a situation is going to cause your growth. And so some of us look forward to the growth. Um, and, and so it happens all over the place and in every realm of our human existence. And we got to be careful that we don't see it as overwhelming feelings of violence and loss as we move from one phase of life to the next. As times have occurred, um, whether it is the Great Depression whether it's uh, pioneering the civilization of America, the colonization, the developments in, in the birth of a country, the Amer American Revolution, then the Civil War, and all these were changing times, and things were taking place. And the uh, worldwide communism and the Cold War, and then the terrorism that's happened in the last couple of years, totally unexpected, but causing new challenges and new times. And the Bible says in chapter, uh, let's go to read Luke real quickly, where you can see these constants of realities in Luke 21, verse 10. These, these are unsettled times. They said, he said to them, nations will rise against nations, and kingdoms shall rise up against kingdoms. In verse 11, there will be great earthquakes in various places, famines, pestilence. There will be fearful sights, great signs in the heavens, all sorts and manners of situations. Verse 13, or no, 12, but before all these things, they will lay their hands on you, they will persecute you, they will deliver you up, there will be prisons, you will be brought before kings and rulers. And in all these things, instead of growing weaker and coward, it was producing an effect of courage. And our inability to rise up in these matters causes us to shrink back. And all sorts of people get really upset um, at change. All sorts of people cannot respond to change. There's a season when you're a child and... You've never been spanked in your life. And all of a sudden, you come into an age where you're going to go through a season of discipline. You're going to go through a season 
of that hand that caressed you, that hand who fed you, that hand who clothed you, all of a sudden that hand is up the backside of your pants giving you a nice whack. And I don't know if you've ever seen a kid freak out like if he has ants in his pants. He cannot believe that now there's a different stage in his life. And all for, say with me, the better. All for the better. Thank God on earth that some parents have the courage to discipline their kids. And those, those parents that cannot and will not and never do, the Bible says your kids will grow up to be your shame. There's a season for a nice spanking. There's a season for discipline. There's a season for correction. And, and if we don't experience that, and let me just tell you something, that is the time where the majority of Christians leave the church. That's when they say, they don't treat me like they did on the first day. No, duh. On the first day is, welcome to the house of the Lord. We love you. We want you. We're going to feed you. We're going to clothe you. We're going to love on you. And they're like, I found the place. And then some years later, holy moly, here comes the swift pat on the back of the side of children that have never been disciplined. And I'm leaving. I'm going to find that church where they finger paint all day. Where they talk to me like a, like a little baby. Because I do not want the root of awakening of being spoken to as another level of maturity. As another level of responsibility. Another level of accountability. In 1 Kings chapter 1, verse 5, we have the account of one of the sons of David, and he says that, that he exalted himself. He's calling the shots, and change allows for someone and something else to call the shots. And not everybody could stand these transformations, these, these um, moving on with God's program. I will be keen, he exalted himself. And he prepared for himself chariots and horsemen and 50 men. And he had everything in place. And it says in verse 6, For his father had never wanted to sadden him at any time. His father never wanted him to be sad, asking him, What are you doing? What are you doing? Where are you going? What, what, what are you doing? And... and and so, leave me like I am. Listen to me. I'll tell you what a lot of preachers say. Preachers will say this. God will receive you as you are, but loves you too much to leave you as you are. Loves you too much to let you perpetuate your stupidity and your idiosity and your immaturity until you're 60 years old like the Rolling Stones. Like Steven Tyler with Aerosmith, who's a total imbecile. Because he's never wanted the, the challenge to be transformed, to change. He's dragging the 60s, 
The guy still acts like he did in the 60s when he was a rebellious, uh, you know, totally disobedient youth. And God forbid us to grow up like that. I'm glad that God is transforming me. I'm, I'm really content with the fact that God doesn't leave me at my level of faith or at my level of, of ability or my level of understanding. He continues to stretch and stretch and stretch, bringing me to another responsibility level, to another maturity level. And with every invitation, there's two types of attitudes. There's those that are willing, voluntarily accepting the challenge to grow. Because anything that is alive will grow, and anything that grows will change. For years, this church has been uh, changing I can only say that the comparison I had about this church, as people kept on saying, why can't we, you know, just, just build something so it stays the same way? And this is almost the thought of, of preparing uh, pants and clothing for your two-year-old child. And you said, I, I want to put these jeans on him, and they fit him, and they're his size, but I don't want him to grow anymore. Because in two months, in six months, he's going to be wearing those, what do they call, knickerbockers. He's gonna, there's going to be more inches coming, and the pants are not going to fit him anymore because he's growing. And a normal sign of growth is change. And it's going from one level to the next. And how horrible, say with me, horrible, those that do not want and invite that creation of God, that understanding. Change is not the issue. Change is constant. You know what the issue is? Your response to change. Your understanding that if we are a 50-member church, we can't just have 50 chairs. We're going to have to get 100 chairs. It's going to take more people. Then it's going to be 150, then 250, then 300. And if you have the narrow mind of saying, I can't believe that everything continues to be different, guess what? Yeah, yeah, this is going to be totally different. And, and that invitation to say, okay, I'm ready for change. I will receive change. It's not coming here to destroy me. It's not coming here to squash me. It's not coming here to, to leave me uh, barren. That's not what is going on. I'm going to benefit. I'm going to prepare. I'm going to invite change into my life. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be part of the purpose of this transformation. And so 6.7 billion human beings upon the earth will face change constantly. It will face change constantly. And all those in the past have experienced change of incredible magnitude. All those living the present are seeing change. And if you can expect something in the future is that things will be different. All our lives are in a constant state of transition. And, and, and to not think like that is total foolishness. It's, 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 it's really, you're setting yourself for great loss and damage. Because some people, they want to hang on to the past. They want to continue to rehash things that are no longer consistent. They're not part of reality. 
In Ecclesiastes 7, verse 10, I used to read this verse and not understand it too much. Now, years later, I understand it. And the Bible recommends to us not to say, why are the earlier days of my life better? Why were the beginnings better? Why were the former days better than the present days? For you do not ask wisely if you have this thought process. And people who have their anchor and their images and their experience based on the past are just setting themselves up for huge disappointment, huge loss. Because you, you become familiar and you're expecting this is what's going to happen. And when it doesn't happen, your world is rocked. And you feel that you've been displaced. You feel you have lost things. That's why the Bible says do not place your confidence in money. Don't, don't secure yourself with the natural. We were speaking on Tuesday night, and I want to make it a parenthesis here. On Tuesday night, we were saying that the lowest form of remuneration, the lowest form of compensation a man can receive is money. If you're living life because you're getting money, and that's what you're, you, you're satisfied with, you have stagnated your development in aggressive level because money is only supposed to train your character to be a faithful steward. And you will graduate from receiving money to receiving wisdom and honor and relationships. If you can trade relationships for money, the Bible says do that. If you can invest your money and be in better relationship, is more beneficial to you. That's why I advise those who have businesses to sit there and sacrifice money to obtain clientele. Give your, do not charge money. The times I have done this, um, for example, the guy who cuts my hair, uh, and, and especially when I had more of it, uh, but there's change. See? But the guy who cuts my hair at the beginning of our relationship, I was transferring sums of money into his bosom. He would charge me $8, I would pay him 20 and you say, why? Because for me, a relationship is far more uh, beneficial and profitable than money. If I could get rid of money to obtain relationships, that's a good deal. Why? Because five years into this relationship, for the last 15 years, he hasn't charged me a penny. Because now the compensation is not on terms of that which is unclean, which is money. It's based on a friendship. And we're laying our lives down for each other. And so that is powerful. And being able to have four children and going in there with my four children. Or I have three boys. The girl doesn't go in there. Um, the, the three boys, he doesn't charge me for their haircuts. Because I've learned the secret of changing that which is changeable to obtain that which is not changeable. And so this is what God wants us to be doing. But we never get to that level of maturity. We continue to say, why, are not, why aren't the former days better than these? And so those who have that mindset, if you spoke like this at every phase, it would be sad and totally devastating. I want to stay uh, breastfeeding as an infant. I don't want to learn how to eat. I don't want to go to kindergarten. I don't want to go to first grade. I feel, I feel fine at home. Uh, my little brother got so comfortable at home that they had to spank him to go to school on the first day. 
And that's some of us need to be woken up out of our complacency and our inability to confront challenges. And, and, and it's powerful. So we come into a family, and as soon as we become, uh, that, that family will develop, especially if you're a, a third born, and all of a sudden a fourth born comes. You're no longer the focus of attention. And some will get stuck on that. And, and, and so that happens a lot of times in churches too. Like, like the prodigal's older brother who said, why are you guys putting more attention on that guy than on me? Why are you throwing a party for him? He didn't, he didn't want that, that growth in the family as his brother repented and was returning home. Uh, friendships will change uh, through times. You'll go from one friend to another. Some people get all bent out of shape and jealous when there's someone else added to the mix. And they, they begin to think thoughts of betrayal and you don't love me because you're not my best friend no more. And that is really twisted mindset. Hopefully your friends uh, will develop, will change. You'll meet better friends. I remember when I went from being a youth pastor to full-time ministry as a senior pastor and founder of the church. They said, don't you care about all those youth? I said, yeah. But that was a season in my life where I was being faithful to God. Now there's a new season where God is calling me to be faithful. And some people who have not understood that have got all bent out of shape and bitter. And why don't they let me be a youth pastor no more? And now I... And you know what? God is calling them onward. God's calling them to better challenges, more responsibility, and growth. And, and we stagnate ourselves in that regard. We like familiarity. We don't like differences. Uh, I'm going to have to introduce myself to new people. God forbid. On Sunday, you meet with your own people that you already know, that you already shook their hands, and the new people come in and they leave, and you have not made any efforts in the direction uh, of new relationships. So uh, we're weary in these matters. Our lives are always on a constant move and constant developing. And if you're faithful in one stage, you're prepared to go to the next. And that, that is the challenge. And some people do not. They, they sit there in, the, in their cave of personal establishment and nobody move me because this defines me. And if you move me, then I will not be who I am. Well, guess what? I hope God moves you. Uh, the Bible teaches us that an adult eagle will, will, will flap his wings over the nest with such force and velocity that it actually causes the eaglets to fall out of the nest. Because they they're so comfortable there in that closed comfort level that they're not expecting ever to fly. And so we need to be careful with that scenario. We need to be conscious of, of maturity. And so um, God, as, as your spirit leads us into a different realm, into different responsibilities... Give us a heart to, to be filled with faith instead of fear. To move in the direction of, of your uh, life for us. Uh, we see in the book of, uh, I believe it's Hebrews, the Bible promises that everything that can be shaken will be shaken. And we see these verses in um, Hebrews 12, verse 28. Since we're receiving a kingdom which is un immovable, let us have grace. 
Let us have grace. In verse 27, that's where it says it. Verse 27. Yet once more indicates that there's going to be a removal of those things that are being shaken. As of things that are made, that the things which cannot be shaken may remain. That whatever the confidence level on whatever you're holding on to uh, will be removed so that you can realize that you're going to stand on those things that do not move you. And your confidence is not on those things that come and go, but on those things that stay forever. Again, your wisdom, your peace, your honor. Those are the things that remain. Instead of falling victims of changing tides and turning winds of adversity and transformation, we should look at these as opportunities and not feel victims to these scenarios. So many people, when they're pressed into this, uh, instead of them filling their hearts with expectation, with energy, with, with, with the challenges of growth, they begin to, to get bitter, resentful, unforgiving. They start, you know, feeling uh, uh, self-pity and victimized. Uh, change is always happening to us. Change is happening around us. Change is happening inside of us. And we can also begin to make decisions that will cause changes to take place in our life. And, and that, that is awesome when, when we're able to do that. And, and God causes us to uh, make certain decisions that will end up charting a different course. And in this scenario, we'll see these uh, transformations taking place. Instead of withdrawing, we will say, like the psalmist said in Psalm 27, where he, he actually says these words. He says, if I had not, I would have fainted. I, 27 verse 13. This is what, what David would say in the times of change. He says, if I did not believe that I would see the goodness of God in this transformation, I would have lost heart. He says, I would have fainted. Unless I would have an expectation in my heart that these things are for good and not for destruction. And that, that needs to be there in our heart. And it can only be there when we follow uh, the heart of God, the mind of God, the hand of God. Like it says in Romans 8.28. Where it says that I know that all things will work out together for good for those who love God. Those that are walking according to the calling of His purpose. And in every scenario, it doesn't matter what's going on, we're prepared to seek the grace of God. Seek the mind of God. Seek the, the peace of God in a transforming grace. As, as we go from experience to experience, from relationship to relationship, from, from courses in our calling in the Lord to ministry changes. We do that all the time in this church. After a season, we will tell uh, Kenny, it's time that you're not going to worship the Lord no more. You're going to be the youth pastor. He's like, oh my God, I don't know if, if I can. And guess what? It's an awesome transformation. It's an awesome period of growth and stretching and opportunity. And we see how a plant grows and, 
and give forth buds and fruit and flourishes. And you're no longer going to be in the cafeteria. You're going to be the head usher like we did with Umberto. Now you're going to be responsible for the men in the temple. You're going to be responsible for, for the work of the Lord in organizing. And so we see all these changings taking place. And, and you'll see that it's a healthy thing to put in your heart. All these things are going to work together for good. Not the other mindset. What's the other mindset? Nobody loves me. I can't believe that. Blah, 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 blah. And it's just uh, poor me. And oh, I can't believe this. And nobody loves me. And everybody hates me. And, I, and you know something? There's a total no spirit of God there. There's a stagnation. There's, there's, uh, there's an inability to grow to another level. Because we, we become familiar with, with what uh, we don't want to let go. So the men who understand these things, great Bible teachers, say that 10% of life is the change, is what's happening, the transformation, the challenge, the another level, the, the another opportunity. And 10% is that change. 90% is how you react. 90% is how you react. And so it doesn't matter what's happening in your marriage. It could be whatever's happening is the situation, 10%. 90% is how you respond. And, and many of us do not like uh, the, the change, so there's a 90% blowout. And so we need to ask the Lord, Lord, I know there's going to be different challenges, different opportunities, different scenarios. Give me your peace to know that this is for good. Give me your peace to put my hope in you or I'd fail unless I knew that your hand was in this. And, and those people who are not able to understand the hand of God, and they react like the pit of hell, the worst things come out of us in those times of change, times of uncertainty. And that's what happened to Israel as they were invited to leave Egypt. I don't know if you remember uh, their mindset. And their mindset... In that season, and we'll read it in the book of Numbers. They instantly responded totally inconsistent with the plan of God. In Numbers 11 verse 5. God was bringing them into a new land. Into new fruitfulness. Into a land that flowed with milk and honey. And they were stuck in the past. And they were saying, we... Remember the fish which we ate freely in Egypt. The cucumbers, the melons, the leeks, the onions, the garlic. I became so familiar with, with my, my drug dealing days, with my hoodlum day, with my thug life, that I could never become a man of God. I could never become a minister. I could never have a mind change, a, a change of thought, a change of purpose, a change of, of my future. Because I'm always stuck in the past. And we got to break those habits of, of being conformed to this world. The Bible says, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your thoughts. And it all starts in your thought. Instead of looking backwards, you're looking forward with not fear but faith. With, with, with confidence, not confusion. Exodus 16.3, the Israelites said to them, if only we had died in our past, if only we, if we weren't alive, that's, you know, we just said that. 
If you're alive, there's change. If you're dead, there's no change. And if you don't change, you die. And if you change, you're willing to take on the, the aspects of life. And, and Christ says, I have come to bring you life and bring it in abundance. So what level of change is that? Abundant. If the life is going to be at levels of abundance, your transformation is going to be huge. They will not recognize you. Why? Because you're alive now and you will change. But they continue to be stuck in the past and they said, we have died. It would have been better that we would have died in the past. The Lord would have killed us in the land of Egypt, in the land of slavery, in the land of ignorance. When we sat by the pots of meat, when we ate bread to the fool, none of these things are true, but sometimes we like to, we like to, we like to, um, we like to be romantic about our past. We like to be stuck on stupid. One of the young men that was here for a season, he kept on thinking about when he was with his worldly girlfriend fornicating. And he would walk into my office and say, Pastor, you know something? I had it so well before I got here, and now look at me. Now you're becoming a man. Now you're becoming responsible. Now you're becoming a man of God. And he was stuck on stupid. He was stuck on the past. He didn't want to change. He didn't want to be transformed. And if you're going to be in the presence of God, he's going to make you alive. And he's going to make you be transformed in his presence. The Bible says as we behold his face, we are transformed from glory to glory, even to his likeness. And, and those are going to be a life stretching instead of looking back. For you have brought us out into the wilderness. This, this, this thing about bringing us out into an unfamiliar place is where we're going to die. And that was farthest from the truth. That's where they were going to live and enter into the promises of God. And so as we're seeing these men uh, with an inability to grow, an inability to the, accept the challenges of change, everything will change, your knowledge, your interests, your values, your body. I, I was, uh, in the last couple of years, just totally freaked out by this transformation. And, and when I became 40, I said, man, you know, it's, it's, it's a different season. It's a different way of living life, a different way of making decisions, a different responsibility level that if I do not transform into this season of my life, continue to act like a child, like a, like a college student. And so that, that is the, the realm of, of God taking us to another level. And in the Bible, these guys who, who accepted change at the age of 12, they were acting like 25. At the age of 25, they were acting like 40. At the age of 40, they were acting like 60. Why? They're, they're, they're way beyond their years. They're, they're accepting in their spirit. They're flying at other levels. I don't know any 40-year-old that was doing what I was doing in that season of life because people would rather become familiar and, 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 and head in the direction of familiar, head in the direction of self-confidence. But John chapter 3 says that those that are born, verse 7, if you're going to live with God, you're going to not be surprised. He says, do not be surprised that when you come to Christ, there's another realm that's coming to pass, that you need to be born again. Verse 8, for the wind blows where it wants, and you hear the sound and cannot tell where it's coming from and where it goes. 
so is everyone who is born of the Spirit. There's a flow of change, a flow of... of and, and we see this in the life of our missionaries. Uh, three years ago, they walked off into barren land, into a season of missionary work. And when I told them, okay, I, I feel God doing something different, they said, we feel the same thing. Everything is lining up that there's going to be a transformation, a transition. And being able to, to look in the face of the future and says, you know something, I trust God. I know that God is taking us to a higher level, to another level. And so, so is everyone born of the Spirit. And so, in verse 9, this man says, how is this to be? Jesus is trying to tell Nicodemus, are you ready for another level? And he's like, no, not, I'm not ready. And so, in verse 10, Jesus questions him and says, aren't you one of the leaders of Israel and you can't understand these things? You're the leader of my people and don't understand this time for maturity, growth. And so in the book of Ezekiel chapter 47, we see different stages of our development. The first stage, it says in Ezekiel 47 verse 1, that he was shown a river. That's, that's awesome that you can expect tonight to see in your future, you know, different tides, different waters, different waves, different seasons. And you're able to say, you know, Lord, you're going you're gonna to walk with me. You're going to teach me. You're gonna, I'm going to learn things in this season that are different. Yeah, I want to see the past, and I want to remember that my 10 years ago, 20 years ago, I want to go back and, and make that my reality. But you're calling me to see something different. It says, then he brought me back to the door of the temple. And there was water flowing from under the threshold of the temple towards the east. For the front of the temple faced east, and the water was flowing under the right side of the temple, south of the altar. Verse 2, he brought me out of the way of the north gate and led me around to the outside of the outer gateway that faces. And there I was, and I was now water running outside the right side, running out on the right side. And when the man went out to the east of the line in his hand, he measured 1,000 cubits and brought me through the water, and the waters came up to my ankles. How many have ever gone to the beach and you're getting ankle deep in the waters? Who's in control? You are. You could run back out. I remember going to Santa Monica Beach in California and we went right up to the edge of water. It was freezing cold. We ran back out. When the water's up to your ankles, you are deciding if you're going to go forward into the change or if you're going to back out. You're gonna, you'll notice that, that at the ankle level, all your body is outside of the water. And only your ankles are covered. And some people are willing to go into change ankle deep because if it's not convenient, they don't like it, they just could back out. But God is saying, no, we're not going to stay at that level of change where you're at the kiddie pool doing what you want. Verse 4. And again, he measured 1,000 and brought me through the waters and the waters came up to my knees. That's a little bit more committed to what's taking place. Because there the waves can hit you and influence your body. And we saw that in Acapulco as we went into our knees and, and everything going on the water, there was, there was currents of water, undertow currents that would just pull us in the direction of the force of the water. And that takes guts to, to give yourself over to things that are going to be stronger than your will and understanding. And those people who have accepted that challenge, they'll see the influence walking in the direction of God. But there's some that says he measured 1,000 and brought me through, and the water wasn't at the knees. It came up to the waist, to a commitment of change that was now 
more in than out. And then the next verse says, He continued to bring me into the river and measured once again a thousand, and I could not cross it. It was too deep in which one must swim. The waters had come into the level of his shoulders. His whole body was in it, and he was accepting that. And as he transforms himself, it's really powerful to see that he said in verse 6, he said to me, Son of man, have you seen this? Then he brought me and returned me to the bank of the river. I, I, I want to see the total transformation of my life so I could see the total presentation of Christ's purpose. And if I'm doing my own thing, my own way, with my own strength, my own ability, I'm calling the shots, I come in, I go out, I do what I want, there is no transformation. You're not just tossed into the river. And when you toss yourself into the river, you're no longer touching ground, he says. It says the water was too deep, and so you have to give yourself over to that change and trust with the confidence of God He's going to lead you to places you never even dreamed possible because it's no longer your doing, but it's His. Sometimes we're looking at our past to gauge our future. And the truth of the matter is God desires us to just totally be thrown into these matters fully so we could see a change of mind, a change of disposition, a change of service. I've asked these guys all the time. You, you think you're spiritual until God places you in another place. Then your real you comes out. God allows a different set of circumstances so that you bug out. I always show this description. As long as I keep the water still, nothing happens. But if I were to agitate, all that's inside is coming out. And you said, no, that wasn't me. That was you. No, that was you because it was inside. And that's what came out when there was change. As long as we're comfortable, there is no, there, there is no seeing. And God wants to put you in all sets of circumstances. And that's why relationships change. Our work changes. Our employment changes. So that you can enter into a peace that doesn't change. So that you can enter into a character that God is trying to form in you that is unmoved. And that's where at Philippians 4.11, Paul says, I'm not saying this because I am speaking out of circumstances. For I don't speak with regards to what my present issue is. Because I've learned that whatever is happening, something more permanent is issuing forth. I have contentment. I'm not worried. I'm not, I'm not concerned. I'm not embittered. I don't have resentment. I don't have to go and develop self-destructive habits. People that, that, that become alcoholic and drug addicts because in a moment of change, in a moment of a scenario, they can't handle and they say, I've been betrayed uh, no, no, life is not fair, where is God? All these things that develop out of our lives, destructive habits, because in seasons of change, instead of saying, you know something, God has a plan. God has something He wants to do. He wants to give me a different focus, a different perspective. He's in control. You become bitter instead of better. When you allow the dark habits to come forward. 
and you start accusing other people of responsibility, you start turning on those that, you, that love you the most. They don't understand. It's a different season. Hebrews 13.5, he says, Be careful that you not base your confidence on money. Let your conduct be without desire. With your emotions set in a particular mindset. But be content with anything that's going on. For God has says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. No matter what's happening, God is there with you. It's not a matter what the circumstance, what the words is, what the situation. God wants to carry you unfazed, unmoved in the direction of your blessing and benefit. And you can accept that from the Lord. So it says, since God has promised He'll never leave you nor forsake you, verse 6 says, so we have a confidence to say, God is my helper, I will not fear, and what the heck is man trying to do with me? Because man is not in control of my life. Circumstances don't just show up. Situations don't just arise. These are all formulated by God, producing a more excellent weight of knowing in verse 7. That's why he says, look and remember your leaders. Their lives were able to teach you how to rest and, and lean upon the Word of God. Think of all the good that has come out from their lives. Follow their example. Consider their conduct. Look at these guys that God continues to transform and take into another season and then another season and then another season. And in every season, may God be the glory. May He take His life be shown. And it'll be in every direction of your life. In verse 8, it says, Because Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's not going to move. He's not going to change. And when you base your confidence on that, you can understand that He will be faithful. And so you live life from a different vantage point in 1 Peter 2.10, uh, 2.11, I'm sorry. 1 Peter 2.11, where he says like this, he says, therefore, we're just passing through. We're just, we're just travelers. We're, we're on this journey. We're like pilgrims. We don't, we don't sit there and invest in the flesh, in the emotion, in the sentiments of the soul. We're, we're not, we're not going to be developing the resistance to the Spirit of God. We, we know that, that we're... You know, we're finely cooked, man. We're, we're in the fire and he turns us and roasts us at the nice, tender levels of medium rare, of well done. And he's doing a process in our life. He, he's doing a fine process. He's, he's, he's been compared to a jeweler who knows how to form the diamond to give forth its most brilliant light as he works in our lives. And so Luke chapter 12, verse 15, life does not consist of those things we hold on to. Life is not about those things we possess. We're not, we're gonna, we're not into this to develop some little world we live in, unmoved, unfazed, unexperienced, but, but rather the, the more the change, the more radical the transformation, the greater the peace of God. And, and nothing more than when we are leaving the confidence of our security, the confidence of what we know, the confidence of what we have experienced and what we have become familiar with. We're leaving those things 
that we might hold on to God and trust His hand. And, and for those of you who were here tonight, you're blessed to know that Satan is not in control of your life. And, and the circumstances don't dictate what's happening. There's a greater uh, level of, of, of our reflection on the immovable kingdom, on the never-changing God, on those attributes that, that we hold on to from glory to glory. Let's stand tonight and ask God, God, in the midst of these opportunities, I will not fret, I will not fear, I will not walk in uncertainty. I, I, I become familiar with things that are not on the natural realm. Now, now I have let go of my ankle-deep Christianity, my knee-deep Christianity, my waist-deep Christianity. Whoa, ho, ho, I don't know what's going on. But I know that your currents and your, your purposes are greater than my thoughts. And your ways are higher than my ways. And, 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 and unfortunately, many of us who are grounded and rooted in, in the, the anchored in our self-sufficiency and in our ways of thinking and not allowing God to stretch us is, is a horrendous uh, approach to the plans God has for us. And so we, we need to have a loose hold on all things of an earthly life. And God is able to give you something in a season of stewardship. And then he's able to say, okay, now trust me for another level. And your confidence is God. It's nothing else. It's not your ability. It's not those that surround you. You have not relied on the strength of an arm of flesh. Your confidence is not on your ability. But, but in a supernatural God whose hand is not short that it cannot save. So let's sing to the Lord. We have some time tonight where in the Spirit of God, you, you tell your spirit, you know, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to trust the hand of God. I'm, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to walk in, in the times of change. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to just believe God for, for something of a greater, far, a greater weight of glory as we go through these things. Let's sing to the Lord and just, just meditate upon the Word and, and talk with the Lord tonight.